0: Hello and welcome to What The Hex Creature Feature, where we look at folklore and cryptids. Every Saturday, we look at the history of a creature before even describing it and looking at theories of what the creature might be. I'm your host, Glenn, and I can't give you the answers to these unexplained things because I don't know what they are. I'm just here to give you the information to decide for yourself. All research is done as academically as I can, and references are given at the end of the episode. This week's episode is a folklore episode. We're looking at the Dibbuk. A Dibbuk is an evil spirit in Jewish folklore. They're similar to demons and jinn in terms of that. The belief is that a Dibbuk latches onto a person harming their soul, causing mental illness, talking through them and representing a completely separate personality. The term dibuk doesn't appear in the Kabbalah or Talmudic literature, they are only referred to as evil spirits there. The term Dibbuk was actually first introduced in the 17th century using the spoken language of German and Polish Jews. Is an abbreviation of terms that mean a cleavage of an evil spirit and evil spirit from the outside. It refers specifically to an evil spirit attaching itself to a person since the verb for that translates to cleave. Stories of Dibbuk were common around the time of the second temple known as Herod's temple. It was a reconstruction of Solomon's temple and stood between 516 BCE and 70 CE. This trend continued through the Talmudic period, which spanned from around 70 CE to 640 CE, and then stopped being so prominent in medieval literature. Originally, they were seen as the same as demons. This was likely because they were believed to have entered the body of a sick person. Later though, explanations were added, explaining that Dibakim, the plural of Dibak, are the spirits of the dead who were not laid to rest, and therefore became demons. This idea was also common in medieval Christianity. Combined with the doctrine of Gilgal, or transmigration of the soul, the idea of dibuk became widespread and accepted in the 16th century. They were generally considered to be souls who carried too much sin and weren't allowed to transmigrate. Because of this, they began to seek refuge within living bodies. We've talked about transmigration of the soul before in episode 18, but the general gist of it is that the soul is transferred from one body to another for as long as it needs to be. A Dibbuk entering another person's body is seen as indicative of a hidden sin that opened the door for the Dibbuk to enter through. Kabbalistic literature of Isaac Luria's disciples Contains the protocol for Dibbuk exorcism. This power is given to a Bali Shem or accomplished Hasidim. They are able to exorcise Dibbuk from the body they have invested and redeem the soul at the same time. This allows the soul to either transmigrate or enter hell. There are several detailed reports of Dibbuk, some going as far back as 1560. Written in either Hebrew or Yiddish, these reports talk about the deeds of Dibbuk. But there are more infamous stories of Dibukin in more recent years that I'm going to look at. In 2003, a box appeared on eBay. The owner of the box was a 103-year-old Holocaust survivor. The person who bought the box was an antique store owner named Kevin Mannis. When it arrived at Kevin's residence... The box was a vintage wine box. Almost right away, Kevin was plagued with unexplained events. Haunting activities began, with items moving and power outages. But Kevin also claimed to have recurring nightmares, bruises, and a persistent smell of ammonia in his house. It wasn't long until the box found its way back onto eBay. This time, the person who purchased the box was Jason Haxton, He said that as soon as the box arrived, he held it. He said that it felt like it collapsed into a liquid state, felt like a knife was stabbing into him, and that it paralysed him from the pain. He said that he would have nightmares of a woman that he described as a hag, explaining that he thought she came with the box. Jason said that he had heard about the mysterious box from a colleague, the colleague's roommate, had listed the box after a string of terrifying events. Obviously, we know about these events because I just went through them. But there was more to the history, according to Jason. He said that the box had actually not been listed by a 103-year-old. It was part of an estate sale from Oregon. The estate had belonged to a Holocaust survivor then, so that was still correct. The person at the estate sale had said that the box was always shut and put somewhere out of reach. They had been given instructions to never open the box. Jason clearly never received these instructions because he opened the box. He'd paid $280 for it and he was finding out what was inside. The box contained some strange items not associated with the wine box. Inside the box, Jason found a goblet, two locks of hair tied with string, pennies from the 1920s, a dried rosebud, a cast iron candlestick holder, and a granite statuette engraved with Hebrew letters. Jason had said that he wasn't worried about opening the box because he didn't believe the story of the box. His lack of worry would soon come back to bite him. Soon after opening the box, Jason became very ill. He described it as a tidal wave of bad luck. After some time, he went to a rabbi to ask for advice. The rabbi told him to keep the box in a wooden container lined with gold to negate the evil. The rabbi told him to keep the box in a wooden container lined with gold to negate the evil force within the box. Jason bought a military-grade case to keep the container in and said that all of the activity vanished right away. Eventually, Jason buried the box. Many people offered to buy the box, and Jason refused them, saying it would be unethical. He did, however, unearth the box to show Zach Bagans, the host of ghost adventures. Jason told him that he wasn't worried about the box being found. In fact, Jason believed that he had somehow reversed the dibbuk creating luck instead of misfortune. The story doesn't end here though. Online auctions still sell these cursed boxes, known as Dybbuk boxes, for as little as $20 on sites like eBay. Most of these boxes are believed to be fake, but eventually Zach Bagans managed to purchase the Dybbuk box from Jason. He kept it in the museum that he owns. The museum contains all sorts of paranormal items and is in Las Vegas. Rapper Post Malone visited in 2018 and was taken to the room holding Zack's dip box. In an interview with TMZ, Zack explained that the box usually has a protective case to prevent viewers from tampering with it. Viewers must also be over the age of 18 and sign a waiver before even entering the room. Post Malone was allowed to view the box without the protective case, though. A video of the encounter shows Post Malone standing away from the box, holding the doorknob, while Zach Bagans is next to the box, with his hand on top of it. Post Malone seems to decide he's had enough, and reaches out to touch Zach, who jumps away from the box. According to Zach, that was enough to pass a curse onto Post Malone, which may not have been made clear to him. In August 2018, Post Malone experienced a string of bad luck. After the VMAs, he and his entourage boarded a private jet to London, but the tires blew out immediately after takeoff. The plane landed safely despite this, but the bad luck continued. A few days later, armed robbers broke into a house that Post Malone had lived in previously, demanding to see him. He wasn't there and was safe again. Then, on September 7th, 2018, Post Malone's Rolls-Royce was hit by another car in West Hollywood. Once more, Post Malone was unscathed. Even after this, the story doesn't end. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Zach Bagans and his ghost hunting team locked themselves in the museum for 14 days. During that time, they made the decision to open the Dibber. Zack said that they captured activity on camera during the ordeal. He said that a mist came from the box that manifested eyes, and Zack also claimed to have seen an entity crouching near the wall behind the box. Zack had taken all the necessary precautions, including ensuring that the team was safely locked inside the building. No other information seems to exist about the Dybbuk box in Zack Bagan's possession. With that, though, that's really the end of the information about Dibikin. There isn't really a description for them either. So, instead of trying to come up with a description, I'll be jumping straight into the theories. The Dibbuk is an evil spirit that cannot move on, choosing to reside in people or objects instead. In the modern world, though, what is it? In terms of a Dibbuk, it's difficult to tell. It's religious folklore, which makes it very difficult to either prove or disprove. One general theory for possessions is that it's actually a mental health issue. The problem with a Dibbuk is that they seem to attack to destroy lives rather than exhibit different behaviours. In terms of the Dybbuk box story though, we can talk about more theories. There are some who believe this to be true. There isn't much physical evidence, but the story of the Dybbuk box has multiple people experiencing activity during their time in possession of the box. So if we take it at face value, the box is indeed the house for a Dybbuk. However sceptics out there. Author Alan S. Mott said that we believe these sorts of things because they tap into fears and this story specifically taps into a belief that the supernatural does exist out there and could attack a person no matter how good they are. Elliot Orring, an anthropology professor at California State and folklore specialist, said that the story of the box actually requires some suspension of belief to seem true. Chris French, head of anomalistic psychology at Goldsmiths College, believes that the owners of the box were already expecting things to happen. He believes that the belief of a curse is powerful enough that a person will attribute the bad things that happen to them on it. In 2014, sceptic and author Brian Dunning investigated the legend. He determined that the box being inhabited by a Dybbuk was nonsensical. He looked at the folklore surrounding Dibbukin, citing the Encyclopedia Mythica's definition. According to this entry, a Dibbuk is a disembodied spirit possessing a living body that belongs to another soul. He also cites a 1914 play called The Dibbuk, which was about the spirit of a man who possessed the body of the woman he loved. His investigation couldn't find any way for a Dibbuk to possess an inanimate. Possibly the most damning evidence in this case is Kenny Biddle's review in the Skeptical Inquirer. In 2019, he wrote the review after visiting the Dibuk Box in Las Vegas. He said, despite what various owners would have us think, the infamous Dibuk Box is not a haunted Jewish wine cabinet from Spain, but instead a mini bar from New York. Kenny also wrote that he believed that Kevin Mannis had created the story of the box himself, saying that the story was elaborate, but was not an account of real supernatural events. He believed that it was, in fact, a fictional backstory, so that he could sell an ordinary and incomplete minibar. Kevin Mannis had posted about the box on Facebook in 2015, which Kenny cited as evidence for his claims. The Post, from October 2015, said that if anyone could find evidence of a Dibbuk box anywhere in history from before his 2003 listing of the box, he would pay them $100,000 and tattoo their name on his forehead. In 2021, Kevin came forward once again. He admitted to writer Charles Moss that he was a creative writer and had invented the story of the Dibbuk box. He told Charles that the story had done exactly what he intended it to do, which was to become an interactive horror story in real time. So, in reality, the Dybbuk Box was an elaborate hoax that believers attributed activity to, specifically Zach Bagans, who is seen as an expert on paranormal activity. So, there you have it. The Dybbuk Box, as a folkloric creature, is still up for debate. But the infamous Dibbock box was a hoax that even experts fell for. The reality of it all depends on The history from this week's creature came from the Jewish Virtual Library, US Ghost Adventures, an article from The Cut, and an article from People. The theories from this episode came from the previous articles, and the information about the hoax came from the Wikipedia page on the Dybbuk box. References and links are posted on social media if you want to take a look. The link tree is available in the episode description, so you can go to your preferred social media or listen on your preferred platform. Patreon is still unchanged, with a £3 tier if you want to support me, but I have nothing to put on there yet. Suggestions, personal stories and corrections can be sent through the email in the episode description too. Next week's episode releases on Wednesday, and the next Creature feature releases next Saturday, so hold on until then.